It's time for another episode of the Cultural Hall, a special episode in that, uh, well, I'm not home. I'm not in the home studio or the home studio point two oh oh oh. Not to worry, everyone. I didn't move out. I didn't go crazy. I didn't lose one of my best friends. And now I'm going on a world tour. I'm, uh, you know, I'm in uh, Denver, Colorado. It's a good not, place to be. Technically not Denver, Colorado. Uh, worth mentioning, this conference was, everyone was like, it's in Denver. And everyone's like, yeah, we love Denver. Oh, the breweries, <laughs> microbrewery, you know, yeah. all the things. And uh, if you're familiar with um, Denver at all, you know that the Denver International Airport is sort of out and about by itself. And then you drive for forever and get to the actual town of Denver. <laughs> Uh, in an equidistant or maybe same distant destination is where this hotel and convention center is. When I got in last night, I drove here from Salt Lake because it's a beautiful drive. P.S. It is nice. Yes, I did the uh, beautiful part. I'm not gonna. I'm gonna do the ugly drive back, which is you go, you know, through Laramie and and so on. I did Blech. not do it that way. Uh, I came up through Vale. Glenwood Springs oh, yeah. and just absolutely gorgeous. Anyway, gorgeous. came here came here in the dark, the uh the dead of night as it were. Uh woke up to uh you know, in my hotel room and opened up the blinds and looked out and you know, thinking, oh, I, you know, I know I'm not right in Denver. I'm not Denver downtown certainly, <laughs> but uh, I would probably be able to see Denver. Nope. Nope. There is, it is a whole lot of nothing. So what city are you actually in? I think it's technically Denver. Okay. But, but did you look out the window and you're like Rocky Mountain High that John Denver's full of crap? Yeah. <laughs> I expected the Rocky Mountains to be a whole lot rockier. Um exactly. yeah, you know, I um you, you can't see the mountains. Little uh, mm. hidden a little hidden fact for you Denver yes. folk. There's a there's one way that you can look and go, "Yeah. Okay. So the pioneers had it pretty easy until they got to the other side of where I'm at." A little bit. You know, and they had to get up and over. Yeah, I don't. Uh, Denver, maybe. I don't. It's. I'm okay. staying at. I'm staying at the Gaylord Convention Center. Sounds fun. Yeah, Sounds yeah. Fun. They they got a miniature golf course. Then it's a rocking good time. For yeah, podcasters. Yeah. They've got a uh, lazy river. Hey, you know, lazy rivers are kind of where it's at. You got you get a drink and you just sit in the in the tube. Mm-hmm. And you just go mm-hmm. around and around. I don't and think around. you're allowed. I don't think you're allowed tubes. Oh. I think it's just a lazy river. As no, in, you can just kind of go boneless and it'll carry you around the way it yeah, needs to. Yeah. Uh, I haven't done that. I've debated okay. whether or not I'm going to subject anyone to uh, the half naked uh, <laughs> me. So so that's going on. And the podcast conference really you know, kicks off in full force tomorrow. Today was just like, a, hey, how's it going? You remember conferences? This is what we do kind of day. Is is this an invite only situation? No, no, no. This is okay. a you pay money and then you're with a bunch of people that you're like, you and I are the same. Is that what this is? Huh. Am I to am I to infer that by your attendance that you and I are the same? That's what this conference is. I uh I uh I did a I did do a thing as I waited to get my pass because you have the you know you have right. the little scannable passes that so they mm-hmm. know you're part of the conference, whatever. And um there was a DJ. Uh, oh. I asked him if he was the best DJ in Colorado. And he <laughs> said, please stop talking to me. I'm playing music. And uh, I was waiting in line and I've got a problem um, in that my hips move to the beat and sure. I can't turn it off. I, so, I, I feel that. Yeah. So there are, um, there are two 
uh, traveling videographers that, uh, and I didn't know that this was a job, but I have to tell you, this is cool that this is what our world has come to. Mm -hmm. It's a husband and wife duo that they haven't been home since January. Uh, they every week go to various conferences and uh, they do filming and, and videos and promo videos for the next year of the things and wow. like recap videos of all the attendees. And I said, well, I know that it's not all like podcast centered. And they said, oh, no, 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 no. medical things, yeah. recruiting this and sales that and multi-level hoop-de-doo and all the things. And so that that is what the two of their job so I'm dancing in the uh, in the line, and uh, lo and behold, um, video camera front and center, right on me. Yeah. Uh, so I did I did what anyone uh, in my position would do, and uh, feigned embarrassment, and then tripled down on what he was yeah. doing. Absolutely. And then, and then later uh, went up and asked them and said, "Hey, you know what? If you guys need, if if there's a shot that you need that you just can't seem to get from this conference." you know, from the, the attendees, you let me know and I'll do it. And the guy, <laughs> uh, the guy, the husband is like, really? And I said, you're like, yeah, yes, absolutely. Whatever the thing is, like if I need to point and be scared or, you know, whatever the thing is that you need for that, <laughs> that video, you let me know I'm your guy. And they said, how will we find you? I said, that will not be an issue. No, not a problem. Not a problem at all. Yeah. So, so that, so that is me. Uh, yeah. It's worth noting that this is the first articles of news that has been recorded since the passing of former co-host brother Kyle. Mm -hmm. um, and, uh, you know, earlier this week, we we played his interview, um, which was we, so good. Yeah. Uh, I enjoyed and, listening to it. And fun, um, fun to be able to share that with people who maybe didn't know Kyle that well. Uh, mm -hmm. Also fun for me to go back and listen to because he fully expected that uh, that episode was going to be in articles of news and not that I was going to interview him. So kind of fun that we did that. And then, um, you know, after that, we kind of shared a couple other recaps, his first health thing and then his second health thing. And then, you know, obviously this articles of news as we post this. So, uh, yeah, it was. Are... Go ahead. I was going to ask you, how are you doing? I mean. What kind of vague question is that, Megan? Okay, Rich, Richie. You're, I mean, um, you yourself you? on the Little Lessons podcast, do you always ask such, such vague no. and non-guiding questions? Richie, Richie uh -huh. um, have you, um, I, I, I'm trying to be sensitive. No, you don't time. have to. No one has literally ever been sensitive with me ever. So whatever but that is, you can toss that a, out. You're still a human who deserves sensitivity. Or am when... I a dancer? Yeah, well, there you go. Thank there you. you go. Killers. Yep. Um, Richie, how are you sleeping? Uh sleeping and are good. you eat and are you eating? Uh, I mean, as ever I as ever I was, ever since I started a new medication, I have been uh becoming less of a man and that's better. Okay. Um, but yeah, eating and sleeping fine. Okay, because um, I know that with grief, sure, it's very important that you keep yourself well nourished, yeah, um, and hydrated and fed. And like that sounds really very trite. But no, it's actually like it's it's a for real thing to make sure that you're taking care of yourself so that you can handle all of the emotional upheaval that comes. Um, yeah, I'm not I'm not sure which, you know, there's like the one of steps of uh, grief, right? Five. Yeah, seven? there's like there's like seven. I really believe yeah. there's like 27 of them. Yeah, like, yeah. It, and you, it's like two steps forward, three steps back. Yeah, Paula. Two steps forward, one step uh -huh. back. You know, like yeah. it. 
I, I I feel like people say, oh, there's these steps of grief and you go through all of these and I've lost a lot of people close to me. And there are some days when I'm at like step four and some years when I'm back at step two. You yeah. Know? I would say this about that. Uh, I'm really good about not thinking about it until my mm -hmm. body forces me to think about it. So whatever step that is, yeah. um, I will say uh, having the opportunity to attend the um, like memorial service was real nice. Uh, DJ Rob, who I didn't know is a DJ. Uh, he happened to be there with his wife, uh, Larissa. Um, Annette was there. Um, and so we were able to sit together, just Joni there and her husband, mm -hmm. Hadi Haas also uh, there. We tried to sit on the back row, but then we ended up kind of being on the front row of the back row. So that was good. Yeah. Um, the cultural hall got a shout out from awesome. one of the very first sentences, the guy who was sort of hosting, he said, if you haven't um, had an opportunity to go and listen to episode 545 of the cultural hall, that's Kyle's last episode where he talks about being the ultimate husband because, you know, he's going to leave behind his social security and she gets the sympathy of being a widow and all of the <laughs> things, uh, the, the guy kind of hosting the memorial service mentioned that. And the, I mean, the thing is, I'm talking around about a lot of stuff. The, the thing really is, is, um, uh, yeah, super sad and uh, a really great friend and uh, not many like him, uh, certainly. Yeah. Um, occasionally, I'll have something so off color that I think, man, you know what? Kyle would really appreciate this. So I've taken to saying it uh, out loud by myself. So I've now become a crazy person. Thanks, Kyle. And um, yeah, yeah I, I mean, it was hard when I first saw that uh, he had passed. I saw him only a couple weeks ago and um, he, he, I mean, he wasn't great. Let's, let's, you know, let's not sugarcoat it, but I certainly didn't think, Hey, in two weeks time, I'm going to be sitting at his memorial service. Um, I got to sit and be with him and we talked around. He asked how my wife was. He actually verbally ish asked how my wow. wife was which was very sweet and then um after he had just sort of sat there and i talked with him you know um mm -hmm. for a good 30 45 minutes he sends me a facebook message which we shared uh on our instagram that said sorry to talk your ear off and that's mm -hmm. just the kind of guy he was and not very many people are like that and uh when i got the when i got the word i uh, the first thing i thought was oh man i i I can't hardly believe that. And then like, I really tried to muster up a lot of sadness Yeah, because I feel like that's the natural thing that you do, but I was just so, so happy for him. Mm -hmm. So sad for everyone uh, else, but so happy for him that then I kind of felt bad that I felt so happy because I really mm -hmm. was like, I should probably feel sad. And then I was like, oh, but I'm, I'm so happy that he does not have to deal with all that garbage anymore. And, and, you know, if you happen to maybe be listening to this and it's your first episode, you don't even know what I'm talking about. He had ALS and, uh, yeah, just a, you know, a top athlete and watching his body and his life kind of deteriorate. I was just like done, yeah. get it ready for us on the other side. So he promised he's saving a seat for everyone as they cross over, uh, look for okay. the loud rambunctious, uh, back row. That's where Kyle will be. And, you know, for, for all the things will be forever missed. Yeah. Well, and Richie, I think that two things can be true. Mm. You know, you said you you felt happy that he didn't have to deal with his body breaking down anymore and what that was going to entail. But you can also be extremely sad. Like, 
I feel like those two emotions can exist at the same time, you know? And, um, I know when, when my mom died, she died of a brain tumor and Mm. it was like, it was so awful to see that she couldn't like talk to her grandchildren. She couldn't hold her grandchildren. And that was awful for her, you Mm -hmm. know? And Mm -hmm. so it's like, you're, you're, you're so conflicted because I want this person here with me. I want this person to make me laugh and and say all the things, but I don't want to see them suffer anymore. And it's 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 hard as the person kind of left behind because you're like, well, I don't know how to make sense of these feelings. Right. And it's hard. It's hard. Um and how long did you know him? Uh I uh, like 20 years probably. Wow. Almost 20 years. Wow. I think I think the big lesson I learned, and he'd be grateful for it, is um, that I'm never going to let anyone get close to me ever again. So I feel like that's uh, that's the win. Uh, just not ever get to know anyone, get close to anyone, allow myself to be vulnerable. I think if I know him, I think that's the lesson that he would have me learn and uh, learned it pretty well. So good. We don't have to do that again. <laughs> well, Richie, I know that. I can speak for myself and other people that if you need anything to reach out because it's not, I mean, like we're all in our own heads dealing with our own stuff, you know, however we choose to, but there's, there's people around who, who care and who want the best and it comes and goes. And so it might be in like four months, you're like, Hey, Megan, Annette, Andrew, like, I don't know how to deal anymore. Yeah. You know? And you know. Yeah. So I appreciate sure that. that. I, uh, I don't think that I'm emotionally mature enough to actually process any of that, but I appreciate the heck out of the offer. I think I will probably like most emotions that I do stuff it down until it eventually just erupts. And I end up in some sort of, uh, care center for the mentally enfeeble or mentally feeble, I guess not enfeeble, okay. feeble would be. So we'll, we'll, I appreciate we'll come and offer. play imaginary cards with you, I guess. Yes, thank you. <laughs> That's the offer that I'm after. Uh, you know, all the feelings, all the emotion. What is new with you? Anything exciting or and or fun? Um, let's see. Kid number five is going off to school tomorrow. Okay. So I've got one more that I need to bounce from the, the shack. Uh-huh. Um, I recently painted four walls in my house. So okay. that was exciting. Okay. I'm the, I am the queen of like starting a house project and never finishing it. And this Uh one I actually finished. I attribute that to the Adderall. Congratulations. Um, Thank you. Very excited about that. Um, Let's see what else is going on. I have Um, to ask you this about that. And maybe we can even use the picture of your two daughters. Cause I was, I was particularly impressed and touched that you could not have two more different personalities portrayed in one picture. And I wonder I wonder if a parent, as a parent, I mean, you have a hundred kids, so right. If you don't like one, maybe you'll like the next one. Right. Uh, But like to have such different attitudes from each of your kids, are you like, well, just, could you be a little more, you know, a little more the same? I I don't know. Like it just, and people, hopefully, uh, you know, the picture that I'm talking about and, or people can find uh, the the picture that's associated with this episode. Cause I really do want to make that the, like the cover uh, Let's do it. image for this episode. Is it just as like that? I, I look at that picture and I go, that is two different, very strong personalities. And that yes. seems exhausting. And you have, it, you know, four more beyond that. Yes. And I, it's funny cause they could not be more different, but they are best friends. Really? Two. Oh yeah. 
Oh yeah. And my oldest will always joke. She's like, I've got three friends and one of them is my mom and one of them is my sister. She mm -hmm. has more friends than that, but, um, they are literally so, so different and mm. it keeps me on my toes very much. So, cause like different personalities, different academic achievements, different, um, uh, let's see, different hobbies, like Different dads, bad. sure, all the things. <laughs> no, is that that's no, not what no. you. Well, so, and it's funny because my <laughs> Richie, come on. Sorry, I thought this was the episode we were fighting. No, okay, <laughs> it's Truth Day apparently. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but the funny thing is, is that my my oldest, she's almost eighteen, right? She's mm -hmm. like five six. Okay, mm -hmm. her sister, who's sixteen, is five ten. Uh, and so it's even like their body types are different. It's just it's it's exhausting. And the funny thing is, is that my my next two kids are boys mm -hmm. and they're two years apart mm -hmm. and they are completely different as well. And the other ones, I think it's a little too soon to tell. Sure. And they're a boy and a girl. So it's a little bit different, but um, our house is like constant chaos, yep. but in a really beautiful way, you yep. know, everybody has their, their place. Everybody mm -hmm. has their personality. And it's, it's interesting. We've been doing um, back to school priesthood blessings mm -hmm. Um that's a cool yeah. tradition. I don't know how many people do that still. I don't know that like new new families necessarily do it. Yeah. That's the thing we did growing up for sure. Yeah. Yep, exactly. And it's it's so interesting to hear the differences in the blessings that are given in regards to their personalities and their different hmm. achievements and their different hobbies, you know, and um, you know, the different pieces of instruction that they're given um because they are just such different kids. And you would think that all of these kids being raised in the same household by the same parents, yes, they are the same parents, <laughs> um, <laughs> that they would maybe be little Von Trapps, you know, sure, just, sure. You know, and they are so not. And that's the beauty of our family, I think, because we're just a hilarious, chaotic group. Does yeah. your uh, husband ever in the in the priesthood blessings? I've always wondered this, and I don't know that I ever caught it growing up, but I could see the temptation to do something like and uh, we bless you that you'll listen to your mom better and that you'll clean your room. You know, some of these things where it's like a, a little bit of like, you know, I mean, we're blessing for the year and all of these right. things. But also, but maybe I'll just since we're here, yeah, we'll just yeah. slide this thing in. Um, you know, I was not not this year, not so far, not this year. Um, the the difference. So I did something different this year that I've never done before. And I actually like did a voice memo recording of each blessing and I'm excited to go back and listen to them. Um, but if I can share one story, so probably five years ago, four years ago, mm -hmm. 2019, yep. um, my husband was giving our oldest daughter a blessing and, um, he said some things that were very powerful, that this would be a very hard year that things would, just be difficult for her. And mm -hmm. then he actually gave me a blessing that year as well. And, um, because it's like all the kids go back to school, everything's changing for me too. Sure. So he tries to remember me and give me a blessing as well. And he said in, in my blessing that same year that there would be times this year when our family would have no choice, but to rely on my strength mm. as a mother. And I was like, um, great. Okay. Thanks a lot. Yeah. It's wonderful. And so, and I, that, that phrase just stuck in my mind, like glue, you know? And I was like, every single thing that would come up, mm -hmm. I'd be like, is this the thing? Yeah. Is this the thing that I have to be strong for? And then, and so then it would come and pass and I'm like, well, that wasn't the thing. And yeah. then something else would happen. I'm like, is that the thing? Mm -hmm. No, nope. That wasn't the thing. And then 
something did happen that year and I'm not going to get into details because sure. my child's story, but it like rocked our family mm. ex- in an extreme way. And there was, there still is like residual trauma from it and mm. all of this stuff. And I remember when we had this thing come up, I was like, oh, okay, this is the thing. Mm-hmm. And it was, it all came down to just like how I was able to handle this particular situation. And I don't know. I, I think if, if you're not giving your children priesthood blessings before they go to school, please start because, oh my gosh, is it an incredibly powerful spiritual experience? And then just to hear the love and care that our heavenly father has for these children is just, yeah, it, it, it's like, I mean, it's like a, to a lesser extent, like a patriarchal blessing, you know, you sure. just hear these amazing promises and blessings and instruction and, uh, yeah, it's really, really good. Really good. Yeah. I, it's interesting as you kind of say that through, I think of maybe individuals who don't have the priesthood in their home and hopefully right. that their, you know, ministering brothers would be able to do it or, you know, what, if you don't, if you don't know who those people are, yeah, you got extended family, but like, mm-hmm. I think that, as an elders quorum president or a bishop or someone within your ward, I can't imagine, you know, a more like honorable thing that someone could ask of me, like to be like, Hey, you know what? We don't have this in the home. Could you do this for us? Right. You know, what, what an honor. And then also the, the privilege to be able to exercise the priesthood in that way. Anyway. Okay. Let's, let's, uh, what do you say to some news? You want to do some news? I've got some good stories. Let's take a break. And when we come back, we'll do actual articles of news. Hi friends, Dan the Laptop Man here from PC Laptops. You can get a brand new PC Laptops desktop and they start at only $29 a month and it comes with a lifetime warranty. Just check us out at PCLaptops.com. That's PCLaptops.com. BestDJinUtah.com. It's been a while since we've had a new one of these and I apologize for that. It's because I've been so busy DJing events all over the country uh, but especially here in Utah, been able to do some great, uh, you know, weddings. I've done a, a prom or two for different listeners of the cultural hall. I love it when you uh, reach out to me at bestdjinutah.com or uh, you can find the phone number online as well. I would love it if you say, hey, I heard about you on the cultural hall because maybe, just maybe, I give a cultural hall discount. Uh, all sorts of events. It doesn't have to be a, a wedding. It could be a community event. Maybe it's a ward or youth activity. I'm doing one of those this summer. In fact, just lock the deal down on that. Uh, Whatever it may be, if you need music to accompany your event or you just need a great MC, I would love to be able to help you out. You're simply going to need to go to bestdjinutah.com. Imagine running a small business today. It's challenging. Imaging and internet presence is an absolute must. Even with that, you're still a small star in a bright cyber universe. Now, imagine you have someone who understands how to get your site designed for your talents and then easily searched by potential clients. Imagine Lennon Design. Whether it's strictly a website or a whole package of logo creation, advertising media, and promotional materials, Lennon Design is your partner in business. They'll test the boundaries of their imagination to create something unique for you. When you need creative, affordable design, let it be Lennon Design. Call 801-699-3022 or visit LennonDesign.com. Here in the second half of Articles of News, we do actual articles of news. Hit it, Peter. You can't lose articles of news. And away we are into the news. Uh, We've got a bunch. In fact, 72 pages of news and i wish to start here i'm not sure how um closely you have followed this but the um church's response 
to all of the um, displacement and destruction from the Maui um, fires, Lahaina specifically. Um, the church recently donated $1 million to the American Red Cross to help relief efforts following the deadly wildfires. Um, w. Christopher Waddell, first counselor in the presiding bishopric, announced a donation Sunday to help the American Red Cross provide shelter to survivors, meals, bedding, hygiene kits, and other items medical, mental health, and family reunification services. It's interesting, Elder Bragg, who is, I think he's in the Northwest uh, General Authority 70, you know, he went over there and and was essentially boots on the ground, gave, um, you know, faith, hope, inspiration to the people, and then also sort of uh, meandered through what uh, the church has set up. And there's a video, you can find a link to it in the show notes, where they show the um the I, what i believe to be essentially like the gym the cultural hall right of the okay. of the lahaina or you know somewhere over there ward i'm not sure exactly mm-hmm. <clears throat> and uh you see the the various like rooms that they have yeah. set up they've divided it dropped it with uh black uh black um almost like garbage can liner, but it's the, you know, it's big line and thing. And these people are able to have their own privacy and their own rooms. And it's within this. And I think the governor of the state of Maui, uh, I'm the governor of the state of Hawaii and the mayor Mm. of the County, you know, all these dignitaries have came in and seen these, these, um, this setup and have remarked one, how quickly they were able to do it. And two, um, how, um, Considerate is not the word that I'm looking for, but how like being able to give respect back to the people who have literally lost everything, everything um, to, to be able to, and do, to do that. And so uh, interesting to see sort of uh, Elder Bragg's um, comments about it. The, um, the government officials saying, wow, how amazing this is. Mm -hmm. And then also too, if you haven't seen the, the, the pictures and the videos of the destruction, it's just absolutely just horrible, horrible horrible scary so sad so sad um you know hundreds of years old things um Mm -hmm. people who are not able to get back to their homes uh just just crazy destruction i have a really good friend uh her home completely burned out she was she was able and her family able to all get away um Mm -hmm. but you know they have nothing wow Absolutely wow. nothing. Imagine that. Hey, uh, guys, we got to go. Okay. Hey, do we have anything? Nope. It's all nope. gone. Every it's single gone. last piece of it uh, gone. So, yeah. So that uh, I've been thinking a lot about with between. So there's the fire in Maui. Mm-hmm. There's now the hurricane in California. Mm-hmm. Um, Canada's basically on fire. Sure. Um, I've been following, you know, I mentioned about my fishing trip um, that I went on in July. Mm-hmm. And um, the last town you fly to before you go up to the lake, it's called Yellowknife. Mm-hmm. And uh, they just evacuated every single citizen out of Jeez. Yellowknife because of wildfires. And like the lodge that we went to, they evacuated all of their guests and all of their um, their employees and staff and everything. And it's just like, oh, gosh, man, why is this world just like crumbling around us? And there's nothing we can do about it, you know, and you've got people like in Hawaii where there is no warning. And then, you know, people up in Canada who like they're driving hundreds of miles to evacuate, you know, they're driving to whole other provinces, you know, and it's just like, it's so painful to see 
And then I look at my own life and I'm like, well, I'm perfectly safe here. I'm, mm. uh, you know, I've got, I need to evacuate. I go to my father-in-law's house 20 minutes away, you know, and it's hard to like feel that lucky. You know, I don't know if that, that doesn't make sense, but it's like, I don't know. It's hard to see so many people suffering and so many people suffering for things that they have no control over. Yeah. Yeah. And, and knowing, you know, the Utah Salt Lake Valley, you know, has always been talked about an earthquake and, right. you know, I'm no sort of like doomsday or something like that, but something like that will come and every one of us will go, go oh, crap. I sure wish we would have been a Want. little bit better prepared or, you know, exactly. being able to care for it. Uh, uh, other things worth sort of mentioning uh, around this, um, the Maui story is that 80 members of the Lahaina First Ward lost their homes um, mm -hmm. and five individuals lost their life, four from one family and one yeah. um, from another. Uh, uh, as a complete sort of aside, I think it's interesting to note that there is a huge... Um, push now to continue to make that part of the island um, able to be affordable by the people who lived there until this fire. Apparently, yeah. there is um, some thought that now investors and large corporations, because it's just a prime spot of Maui, are going to try and and come in and you know be able to purchase up land because people don't have anything and maybe they didn't have insurance or insurance won't cover everything that they did and it could be very well that this traditional this very historic part of Maui is now completely lost um because <sighs> of what happened so crummy terrible That's heartbreaking. uh hopefully a future episode of the cultural hall will be being able to visit with some folks whom whom were displaced uh, by the fires and to, to know what the church is doing there and also how we can be able to help. What story have you, Megan the Mitch? Well, we, um, oh yeah, we never did introduce me, did we? <laughs> oh, everybody, it's Megan the Mitch Mitchell. It's me. They know. It's me. They know. They know my voice by now. Um, so we just recently had this big YSA conference here in Utah. Um, but there was another one that happened this year. Okay. Over in, um, let's see the Nordic countries. Okay. Um, so this is from the church news, Nordic YSA conference cultivates spiritual community through devotionals and parties. So in the Nordic countries, so mm -hmm. this includes Denmark, Sweden, Finland, Iceland, and Norway. So it's a gathering of blonde people. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> but they have been holding, it's called the Festinord. Okay. Annette Lyon. Let me know if I said that wrong. You didn't say it right. Okay. I'm sure. <laughs> Most likely. Um, but they've been actually doing this for like 49 years. Okay. With with the church. And um, so this year's had 20 or uh, uh sorry, 600 Latter-day Saints from all of these countries and then other countries as well, including Germany, Australia, and the United States. So once uh all of the Nordic countries and the Baltic states get registered, any open spots are open to YSAs from anywhere. That's cool. Um, in the world. And one of the organizers, actually, her son got to attend for the first time because he just turned 18. Okay. But she went to this YSA conference 30 years ago and met her husband there. And that's where I met your father. Exactly. But it's so funny that I look at this and I'm like, so we just had this first big one in the States, you know, but the Nordic countries have been doing this for decades. They've got it. They've got it down. Well, you know? and to and to be clear, I think this is just the first one that they've ever done in Utah because that's fair. Out yeah. in California, there's that beach 
party oh, that duck they beach. do and then there's duck beach. yeah duck beach is that right yeah, yeah i don't know and then there's Probably. one in the east coast that they do that is equally as large too That's but i true. love that how utah centric some members of the church are were like guys look at this great idea and everyone's know, like, like mm, guys and people in europe are like yeah we've been doing this for like 50 years we've got it down um but they like they do temple trips they start every day with a devotional and end each day with a big party they talked about a young single adult from Iceland who had just been baptized like four months prior to mm-hmm. this event. This was held in July. Um, he had no idea that there was a temple in Denmark where they had the conference. It was in Copenhagen. Um, and so then he didn't know if he was going to be able to go to the temple because he didn't know that that was even an option for him. And so mm-hmm. the temple president made arrangements so that this young man could actually do baptisms with the group that was there. Um, there is a young girl actually from Lehigh who ended this one and just said it was awesome. Um, one comment said, um, there's a big push all over the world to strengthen the rising generation. And this is one of the places where they're strengthened, that spiritual community that they can feel at a place like this and also having fun. Hmm. Um, so yeah, just a fun little YSA conference. Uh, I wonder if you can find somebody who has attended Festin Nord. Well, yeah. I have to say, I have to say this about that: uh, the Nordic people have a better name. I think yeah. here they called it like YSA meeting or you know something <laughs> right. so generically bland. But Festin Nord sounds pretty cool. Uh, exactly. exactly. I hadn't I had intended to start the episode off reading this. Uh, but didn't, but want to make sure that I do it so that it does not get forgotten and pushed to another week's episode. Um, there was a review that was left on Apple Podcasts about this here, the Cultural Hall Show. Uh, the the uh, the title uh, is would be a five star review, but it might go to Richie's head. So the way the Apple Podcast allows you to do is headline your review and then you can give the body of it. Uh, the person is Idaho potato farmer said somewhat of a latecomer to the back row at first was hard to really get into it, but now I can't get enough at times. 98% of the shows are great and really thought provoking. The other 2% are ones I'll mark as played and move on overall. Great show. And thanks to the crew for making it happen as often as they do. I would love to know. Because I'm sure that this is the case for everyone, though I appreciate this person so very boldly saying, yeah, I don't like a couple and I just mark it. <laughs> what the ones are that, uh, and I'm not asking you, but if you want to email us, contact at theculturalhall.com, the episodes that you're like, yeah, not it. That was not yeah. it. Because if it's a collective, not it, maybe I won't do them anymore. Yeah. Or if it's anytime Megan the Mitch is on, just don't tell him. Yeah. Yeah. Just keep that to I yourself. Keep, them, keep it to yourself. <laughs> No, I think people like news for the most part. I think it's the interviews. And I know certainly I get a little bit of a response on some where I'm like, okay, well, yeah, no, uh, you don't have to like that. You can just go ahead and move along. Who knows? Who knows about that? Um, Okay, so let's go here. Kenneth Rooks, uh, we talked about him a couple weeks ago. He uh, tripped, fell, and then ended up winning the steeplechase uh, race that was a qualifier for a thing. Well, now he is one step further in the thing. Uh, he, a BYU standout, was the only American to qualify for the final race in Budapest. Uh, he can he continued to um, advance to now the finals of the 3,000-meter steeplechase at the World Track and Field Championships. Um, he qualified by finishing the second world's preliminary with the reigning world and Olympic champion Sufiani El Bakali of Morocco. Both of them had a time of eight 
what is this going to be? Eight minutes, 23 seconds, and 66 hundredths of a second. Rooks is one of 15 runners who advanced to the final, uh, which will be uh, Wednesday, August 23rd, as we record this. He says, I felt like I was in control. I feel like I had more left in me in an after uh, in an interview after the race, to which I would say, hey, Kenneth, if you feel like there's some left in you, run harder, pal. Well, it's because you need to save it for the final race. You know, I, I learned this when my kids were swimming that like, you, you don't want to finish first because uh-huh. then when you go into your, into your finals, you don't have any more gas in the tank. Okay. So hopefully he's saving it so that in the finals he can push through. And also, isn't he the only American? That he qualified? is. Yes. Pretty sweet. Pretty sweet. Well, well, good, good job. Uh, brother Rooks, elder Rooks. Uh, we wish you the best of luck as you continue to race and, you know, let, let's set a new world record, huh? Let's do it. And then Come we can do, on. we're we all behind you. We can do that thing that we do where we go. That's one of ours. Or, you know, you know why he, he came in first, don't you? He didn't run on Sundays. The word of wisdom. <laughs> he uh, went what? to the temple beforehand. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he had a, an infinity ring on his finger. Uh, what else have you? Uh, let's see. So, um, this is, this is, I mentioned the church specifically, but it is about somebody who I am almost 90, like a hundred percent positive is a member of the church. 90, a hundred percent positive. Perfect. It's it's a real number. Um, so a young man, Easton Oliverson, he was playing last year in the little league world series. He was the one who fell off the bunk bed, Uh um, ended up fracturing his, Yeah, he's a member of the church. That's okay. Thank you. Yes, yeah. I thought I yeah, remember he is. that. It's just, he is. This is a People Magazine article, and they're okay. not going to mention it unless it's sure. necessary. But the Little League um, baseball has removed all bunk beds from their World Series um, okay. accommodations af- because as a result of this injury that this sure. young man suffered. And um, the family says that like he's going to have issues for the rest of his life, unfortunately, because yeah. of what happened. And they ended up suing the... Um, the little league, you know, the little league, uh, governing body, as well as the manufacturer of the bunk beds, because it didn't have a guardrail on it or anything like that. Yeah, um, but yeah, so something good came from it. I mean, terrible tragedy and luckily he's still, he's still with us, but we'll have lasting effects. But, um, so that's just something good that came from a crummy situation. And I'll file that under saints that sport with Megan, the Minch. Very good. I was wondering how you were going to cram that in. There you go. I did it. I Saints that sports with Megan the Mitch. Crack of the bat with the ball. Yeah. Uh, can you work on that audio? Please? Okay. Yes, I'll work okay. on it. I've Thank been you. busy at funerals, I, but I guess true. I can focus on you. Funerals, podcast uh, conferences. I get it, Richie. But I can I focus need you on to you, I suppose. Move me to the top of the queue, please. Uh, this is interesting because I've seen this article in multiple venues and none of them actually tell you. Uh, the answer to what the headline poses as a question, <laughs> the chosen season four. I've seen multiple articles about like, when is it going to be released? The release date for season four. And every single article is like, yeah, we don't know, but probably okay. <laughs> yeah, January, February, 2024. So, you know, we're four, five, six months off of it being released. They're probably going to release it in the movie theaters again, at least a small portion like they did the last time, which is great. Good for them. I just don't understand why we do articles that doesn't have the actual like information that the headline says, even if it's wrong. Right. It's interesting to me that they, you know, they don't posit a here's when this thing could be. Uh, Other sort of quick news. uh, Latter-day Saints mark a 100 year anniversary of the first Hispanic 
congregation in the Salt Lake Valley. Uh, this past Friday, more than 500 people gathered in Salt Lake to mark the anniversary. Um, there was a there was a devotional and cultural event at the Institute of Religion at the University of Utah. Elder Hugo E. Martinez. My name is Hugo Martinez of the Utah Area Presidency. He was the keynote speaker. He shared a brief history of the Salt Lake Mexican branch. And it just looks awesome and colorful and an amazing, you know, um, party. And it's cool to think that that that, that, uh, ward, that branch has been around for 100 years. You know, when you think about that kind of diversity, you don't certainly think about Salt Lake, but amazing to know that, you know, for 100 years now, the Saints... Uh, of Hispanic uh, origin have had the opportunity to be able to to have their own specific. And the article goes on to talk about how, especially in those sort of cultural uh, traditions, that it's important to be able to worship with people who observe the same cor- cultural traditions. And I think I think that's significant to note. So happy 100. Well, and it probably set up a standard for we have now in Salt Lake, we have Tongan branches, we mm-hmm. have uh, Portuguese branches. I think we even have like Mandarin branches, maybe, Yeah, you know, so I oh, think yeah. it, it's, it's a really good standard that we want members of the church to still feel connected to their cultures. And it's not, you come to Utah and now you're, you know, you're, you're one of us, but we want you to preserve your heritage as well. Like, don't yeah. feel like you have to leave it behind. Yeah. It's, but, it, but it also is sort of interesting because aren't we the people who say attend where you geographically live? And so mm-hmm. I have always kind of wondered how we're like, well, come and, you know, kind of go there, but also be that. And uh, well, and I would guess that it probably has more to do with language than culture. Sure. But culture is a huge element of it, sure. you know, and it's um, but what I would love to see is that maybe maybe a ward partners with a branch and then that branch helps do an activity showcasing the diversity, you know, I mm-hmm. showcasing their culture. I've, I've heard of, uh, like stakes that will have activities that the, the Hispanic branch or the Spanish branch will kind of incorporate their traditions in. And I think that would be really cool. Sure. Mm-hmm. I, and I have long mused that I wish that there were like, um, artistically driven wards, like similar <laughs> how we have, you know, Hispanic culture, you have, all sorts of artists, right? So singers, musicians, uh, you know, physical artists, yeah, actors, and all that. That we all have a congregation. Or I have long mused that we should have a political division uh, ward where oh. um, <laughs> you, you have all of the liberals in one particular ward. But what I've decided is, is if we all got together in one place, we'd be translated. So we have to, I'm teasing. I'm teasing everyone. Come on. Well, well, I can just me. imagine the artistic branch and then Richie shows up in his clown costume. Sure. At church. Clown school. Sure. At church. At church. You know? Sure. Of course. And uh, it's no longer relegated to just like piano and you know, string instruments. You've got you've got all of the instruments. You can play brass now, remember in the handbook oh, of instructions? Right. You they can, changed that up. This branch will probably have percussion. Yeah. <laughs> I'm I'm there for it. Whatever, whatever awesome. it takes. Awesome. Uh what what have you? Did you do that story? Okay. I can't remember where where no, we that was, what's that going was on. You. Okay. Okay. Uh where's Buttercup? Um another callback. Thank you. <laughs> Princess Bride. <laughs> Um, okay, so we followed this story a little bit. I haven't ever presented anything about this, but I know it's been covered. And it's the murder of Jared Brightigan, mm-hmm. the um, 
Microsoft executive who uh, was murdered in front of his two-year-old daughter. Um, his ex-wife has now been indicted on the murder charge along with her new husband and a former tenant who lived in a property that they had. So she's been um, formally indicted and she's going to be extradited to Florida and they are going to seek the death penalty. Mm. Um, that's what the the um, state attorney said. Um, so yeah, super, super sad, but I, I hope that this will help bring even the tiniest bit of closure to that family. I know that there's other things that aren't mentioned in this particular article, but how, um, so Jared Brightigan, his, his second wife, who they were the ones who had the two-year-old that he had in the car when he was, when he was shot, they, um, she's been constantly trying to even visit his children from this previous marriage and mm. has never been able to, there's just been such a understandable, you know, chasm in this family, but I hope that it starts to bring a, even a little bit of closure to them because how awful, yeah, you know, how awful. Yeah. And I'm glad that they're, they're getting to the bottom of it to yeah. find out exactly what happened and who did what and all of that. So. Yeah, and the orchestration of him being shot the way that he was, mm -hmm. and the timing, and the coordination, and the, you know, the hiring, and all of the things, and exactly. just, bleh. great. So, Thanks for doing that story. Anytime. I'm glad you got your. Uh, glad you got to comment on that. Do you want me to talk about milkshakes next? No. I can talk about milkshakes. Okay. No, I've got a story. I want you to. <laughs> you, go. you want to listen to? I'm, I wish my. my I'm, I'm ready. <laughs> I'm going to I'm going to channel my inner Tom Holmo, who, if you don't know who that is, he's the uh, sports information sports. Uh, he's the head sports guy at uh, the, the Brigham athletic Young director University. athletic director. I couldn't think of it. I was like, sports inter inter uh, information officer is not it. Uh, yeah, that he's the athletic director. That would be a sweet director. title to have. That would be um, a sweet title. <laughs> and I can't remember the other guy's name, but it, it's Holmo and the other guy uh, that is like his assistant or something like that. They sound like the buffoonery um, <laughs> cops in a cop show. It's Holmo and uh, Decker or whatever the guy's <laughs> name is. I wish I could remember. Um, but but the two last names just made me chuckle. And especially when I worked at BYU and had to occasionally meet them, I would be like, I can't keep this in. So I just <laughs> snicker to myself uh, and then tell someone, doesn't that name sound like, anyway, we digress. They yes, have asked, that is the BYU football program. Uh, and I imagine this extends to anyone um, doing sports from the Brigham Young University to no longer call what uh, our young men and young women do mission trips when they talk about it in sporting thing. So mission trips um, most commonly refer to for evangelical or Catholic short-term missions that may last days to a year. Two, yeah. um, the missions that uh, elders and sisters serve uh, are, as we know, anywhere from 18 to 24 months, and they would ask that they get uh, the respect and the difference uh, paid to them. So they. Um, they request, and they are very specific in this, as this went out to the different media outlets, and because they're now in the Big 12, they can do so. They can say, hey, mm -hmm. outlets, just so you know, we'd love it if you would refer to it this way. They ask that they use terms um, such as serving a mission, a full-time mission, a two-year mission, missionary service, a Latter-day Saint mission, and or a mission for the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. We do not wish for them to be referred to as mission trips, Mormon missions, or LDS missions. Uh, 
specifically, they said if you said uh, a Mormon LDS mission, that's two wins for Satan, and then Satan. They did not say that. No, they didn't. Uh, The news release was given as an informative guide to missionary service, explaining what it is, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, Interesting. 64 players on BYU's current football roster served missions. They served in 29 different countries, and they speak 15 different languages. So significant uh, for all those guys and uh, their mission trips that they'll go. (laughs) Teasing. Check. Check. Well, I'm wondering how many uh, news outlets are going to follow it. That would be a very interesting, um, interesting study for somebody to do. Not me. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I think, yeah, not, not you, please, please not you. You've got other things. I I think it's a thing that uh, I think some will get it. Mm-hmm. And and some will pay attention to it. And, you know, just as as the church made the request to say, you know, don't call us Mormon or LDS, you know, some people will just disregard it because they're like, listen, I don't I don't have the time and or the energy to do the thing that you've asked. Yeah. yeah. Does that lead you handily into some story about milkshakes? Well, no, but uh, how about I go to missionaries? Does okay, I'll take that. I'll go to I'll missionaries. So uh, this actually just came out today. The Church of Jesus Christ Missionary Handbook gets an update. Mm-hmm. Um, so they just updated a few things about standards of um, behavior. One thing that stuck out to me, uh, communication with those who are not immediate family should happen only on preparation day. And when missionaries communicate with friends, they should do so only via email or letter and not phone or video chat. Sure. So that was one I think that now that they have more access to social media and stuff, it's a lot easier. I may know this from experience because I have teenagers, but a little bit easier to get into communication with friends and stuff, you know. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so I'm glad that they boom, you know, this isn't you're not you're not DMing on Instagram, you know. You're sure. Not, that's not gonna happen. Um, it said also, um, Strive to be persons of goodwill toward all, rejecting prejudice of any kind. This includes prejudice based on race, ethnicity, nationality, tribe, gender, age, disability, socioeconomic status, religious belief or non-belief, and sexual orientation. So another another good uh, rule to have they in place. Saw that, they saw that TikTok video where the the people were prejudiced because I, what was it a rainbow? I can't remember now, but it was like a, either know. the doormat was like pride or there was a oh, yeah there was a rainbow flag and the missionaries you see in the ring video that they go up to the porch they very oh, noticeably yeah. see the thing and then they turn around yeah you know uh yeah mm-hmm. let's not do that yeah let's not no. do that you know um the other the other thing that was updated is that missionary companionships should always have an adult of their own gender present when meeting with a single person of the opposite gender also, physical contact with the opposite gender and children should be limited to a handshake. Yeah. So. Yeah, and I wish on I, all of that. And I wish that I mean that I think I don't know that that's that new. We were, we were very very cautiously taught that because kids always want to climb on the missionaries' laps. Yes, they I always, was that kid who you was know, constantly jumping on the missionaries. Yeah, and so we were always like, nope, no, thank you. And I think the yeah. rule used to be. It's interesting that they say. Uh, an uh, adult of the same sex if they're teaching someone from the opposite sex. Um, Mm -hmm. Because I think before it was just like, don't do that. Yeah. Hand it off to somebody else to be able to teach. So interesting that they sort of opened it it up to that. I wonder, because I don't know that it actually says, uh, it says in a meeting with a single person of the opposite gender. So maybe they're talking like interviews. Okay. Okay. Maybe. Okay. Yeah. Um, 
and yeah, just a, a couple of other points of clarification I won't get into, but um, there you go. All right. That's my my connection to the mission trips that all of the yeah. young people are going on. Boo, funny, funny, I'm funny, get funny. In nah, you're not. <laughs> nah, you're not going to get. Uh, interesting though. Um, that I saw that and I just thought it was an old story about the preach my gospel getting a, a mm-hmm. second version. So I didn't even look at it, but you yeah. looked at it and said, no, no, it's the, uh, the, uh, the rule book. The That's what I do between sets at the gym. Here you go. During my rest time. <laughs> Taking I find articles for articles of news. Perfect. Uh, you can go to casting.churchofjesuschrist.org if you would like to help with the new church hymn book. You ask what? Um, they are looking for singers of all ages needed for the audio version of the new hymn book. It's going to be a central component for incorporating the new music of the church. Applications due September 10th, 2023. Um, This paid project will produce two final resources for members of the church. There will be melody-only recordings. Solo voices will help members of the church learn the melodies of the hymn through accurate and appealing recordings and four-part recordings. Vocal quartets will provide sing-along recordings for families and small church units, as well as support learning the written harmony lines. Applicants must be members of the church. Uh, The project requires soloists who can sing accurately and expressively and who sing with a fairly moderate vocal style. Um, Voices voices from a range of cultural backgrounds, including racial racial and accent diversity, are encouraged to apply. Uh, The scope of the entire project will span multiple years. Singers will be contracted on a period basis. Recording dates will span up to several months. Uh, It will take place in Salt Lake the recordings will. So they must be able to uh, work as locals. So you got to move here, maybe, if you're an out-of-towner. Singers will be paid according to local industry standards. Just go to casting.churchofjesuschrist.org, look for the apply button, and apply there. All the instructions about how you might apply are available. Awesome. What, what have getting you? getting closer to a new handbook. Okay. Um, so at the recent um, YSA conference, we need a better name. Festenrod, uh-huh. so uh-huh. not Festenrod. Uh, I I can't think that fast. Um, something better. Um, Festenrod. <laughs> Festenrod. Uh, former Congressman Mia Love share. Uh, she was one of the speakers, and she shares okay. how her cancer diagnosis and miracles of science and faith, um, were. Uh, sorry, I worded that really poorly. Um, but. I didn't know. Did you know that she had been diagnosed with cancer? Yeah, previous guest of the Cultural Hall. You'll find that link in the show notes as well. You can hear her whole episode. Uh, Congresswoman from the 4th District, I want to say. Yeah, yep, yep. Out of uh, Saratoga Springs. Yeah, was Um, the mayor at one point and then became a congresswoman, congressperson. And and she was like glass ceilings breaking because she was the first female Black Republican, I think, uh, elected to Congress. but I had no idea that she had been diagnosed with brain cancer. Oh, I didn't know that either. Yeah. Yeah. I, this was the actually the first time that she spoke about it. Okay. Um, nobody nobody knew, but she said that about a year and a half ago, she went on vacation with her family. As soon as they landed, she felt a headache come on. When mm. they went to the beach, the reflection of the sun on the water made the headache worse. Mm. So bad that her husband took her to the hospital. They did x-rays and the doctor looked at them and said, was that there before? And he was talking about a tumor in her mm. brain. Mm. And um, they rushed home to Utah. She had surgery where they removed 95% of the tumor. She ended up in some experimental trials over on the East Coast mm-hmm. using immunotherapy. Um, and 
she was given 10 to 15 months to live. Wow. She has surpassed that. Um, she was originally hoping that it was a benign tumor and it was definitely not benign. Um, so she's been through chemotherapy and radiation. Um, she says, uh, I would believe the diagnosis, but I would not believe the prognosis. I had babies and I could not leave my husband. My mother had died from a brain tumor. Why would God do this to me? Where are the miracles? She asked. Um, and then she talks about how she was with her friend and she was talking about the lack of miracles happening. Mm. Mm. And her friend said, well, have you asked, have you asked specifically for miracles in your life? And she said, at that moment, I decided to ask for miracles and then do everything that I could to find those miracles. I chose to believe promises made to me and to act on faith. Um, so, yeah, I mean, like I said earlier, my, my mom died of a brain tumor. So these stories always kind of hit a little bit close to home. Um, but she ended up at the, the 15 month mark where she should have been no longer with us. She was eating gelato in Italy with there her you family. Go. Best way to, best way to celebrate. Um, and she said, she's looking forward to being a grandparent soon, um, any day now. And she said, everything is perfect until it isn't. And then yeah. it gets even better. So prayers for Mia love hope for continued uh, health and healing because yeah, brain cancer is terrible. the worst. The worst. It literally is the worst. I'm trying anyway. to th I'm trying to find a great article to uh take us out on something that we can say, oh yes, we love that that was the last story that was shared. Um, I still have milkshakes. So um so I'm gonna let you take the milkshakes and then okay. I'm gonna I'm gonna do something at the end. Something okay real great. Go ahead and tell me about do something better than milkshakes. Yeah, I'm gonna um, I'm gonna one up your milkshake story. Please do. Please do. So Utah's kind of famous for our soda shops, but we are also super famous for our gigantic thick milkshakes. Oh yeah. Um I'm you're a Utah native, so I assume you've been to Iceberg. Sure. Over the top. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I've been getting the grasshopper since mm. I was about four years old and mm -hmm. it's amazing. Um, and this article goes into why are Utah milkshakes different from the rest of the countries? The questions that need to be asked, Richie, why are they different? It's kind of like, yeah. why are scones different in Utah? And it's just because we're weirdos. Okay. Um, but <laughs> sorry, I'm, I'm right. No, no, no. I'm, I'm trying to figure out. I didn't realize that ours were different from Neither other places. Neither did I. Neither did I. Um, but a Utah resident, Cherry Ause, I'm going to go okay. with Ause. They are thick enough to eat with a spoon for the first little while, but then they become sippable. So you should be able to drink them with a straw. Apparently, milkshakes in general are supposed to be thin enough that you can drink them through a straw and not have to use a spoon. I don't no, know where people are getting this data, but I've always eaten a milkshake with a spoon in Oregon, in Utah, wherever. Um, yeah. But it talks about Iceberg and how they have their Shake of the Month Club. And they actually started with thinner milkshakes. But then... Um, they started making them thicker upon request, and that just kind of became their thing. Uh, the big secret, they use more milk, more ice cream, less milk. Sure. That's it. That's yeah. the end of the story. <laughs> yeah. Okay. okay. But there yeah, I mean, you know, we've got them at, at Iceberg, the Dairy Keen out in Heber. That's sure. one of our favorites. I mean, um, you go to Bear Lake, all, all those uh, up at the Bear Lake Raspberry Days, they're, you know, they're yep. thick, spooning them out. I want one so bad right now. I can't even handle it. Uh, maybe for our next uh, cultural hall get together, you should just go to Iceberg and get giant milkshakes. 
What what something that you mentioned uh, that that I need to look more into the shake of shake of the month the, the shake of the month club I had no idea that was a thing but now I want in like do you buy in a year and you just go sometime in the month I need to know more know. details about this I don't know we when you find out will you link it because I desperately need to know this yeah yes and I'm yes, not going to find it out I so. will commit to that very thing okay. uh I don't know where do I want to end I was hoping that I I'll tell you what so I've got this big collection of news and we'll probably do another articles of news pretty quick here that articles of news is going to be so heavy I'm sorry everyone there is so many um just horrific stories and uh maybe we'll make a Maybe we will make a uh, temple ticker at the end of it to give some sort of lightness to it. Although even with the temple ticker, there's still all of the controversy with the Cody, Wyoming temple. Mm -hmm. Let's go here. Uh, the uh, church just this last week uh, announced that uh, Elder Alexander Dushku uh, is the newest general authority 70. Um, so here's what you're wondering. Uh, immediately when you hear that name relative of eliza dushku thank you that was exactly where i went thank you thank you thank you is she is he though the article uh not definitive uh the dushkus as in eliza dushku uh a, a a um you know a mormon heritage so i have to think uh i i want to get elijah dushku and alexander dushku in the same room uh, and uh, be able to have them both turn on their apps and find out the 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 relation, unless Watch, he's like her cousin. Yeah, something very very close. <laughs> very close. Um, so so a few uh, interesting um, facts about Elder Dushku, born in Fairfield, California. He's about to turn fifty seven, so young, which I like. Mm -hmm. uh, he served a full-time mission in the Portugal Lisbon mission. He and his wife have been married for 35 years and they have eight kids. Take that. Wow. That's more than me. Yeah. He's a mm -hmm. BYU graduate he, and an attorney. He's worked for Curtin and McConkie for about 27 years. That is the law firm um, that does work for the church. And he has served in the church both as a counselor and a bishopric and as a bishop, an elders quorum president, a high counselor and a stake president. And be will uh he will be um sustained in October. So uh two thoughts come to my mind. Uh why did they call him now if he's yeah. going to be sustained in October? My mind goes, okay, we're we're releasing somebody. Somebody yeah. did a bad thing and we needed someone else to fill in or special assignment for uh for Elder Dushku. You, you yeah. call him up. He's opening China, yep. the mission work in China, Ooh. Elder Dushku. That's my one thought. And then um I have this kind of brain, and I think that you will relate. <laughs> Most likely. Uh, but I don't know that like once I lock into something, I can't um it's ADHD it hyperfocus. Yeah, yeah. Uh, where as soon as they announced it, um, my mind immediately went to, uh, the Beach Boys song about Alexander Dushku. Oh, I, I'm, and, and lost. I haven't, and I haven't been able, uh, to let it go. Okay. Um, the, the actual song is Little Deuce Coop, oh. <laughs> but the way that my brain has gone alexander dushku you don't know what i alexander dushku you don't know what i like literally richie only you well honestly. i'm not bragging boss so don't put me down right 
that's the way we end an episode that of is. the cultural hall. Hope that this episode has nourished and strengthened your body. That if you're not healthy enough to listen this week, you'll be able to listen next week. And that when the time comes, you will be able to travel home in safety. In the meantime, Chris at Alpine Lakes Travel, Rick McGee, Debbie Wanless, and Chocolate Cake Bites Podcast. We'll be saving a seat for you. On the back row of, of the, the cultural, cultural hall. hall. Save me a seat. It's sure to be neat. On the back row, we really gotta go on the cultural hall show.